Hello everyone, you're listening to episode 5 of my podcast, Long Sprints and Long Talks with Connor Pierce. Join me, Connor Pierce, U.S. Paralympic hopeful, as I discuss my training, my pursuit of the A standard, my involvement with the UBC track team, my motivational speaking, and all things related to my cerebral palsy. After a brief little intro, we'll get into the action. For this episode, I'll be talking about my preparation to go to training camp with the UBC team at the end of this week, which will be held in Tucson, Arizona. We'll also be doing a little recap of my body transformation, the lessons I've learned through weight training, strength training, and bodybuilding, and ultimately the mindset I've been given and how my training has transformed my mindset into one that's ultimately been conducive to my success. After a brief little intro song, we'll get into it. Talk to you in a sec. Hello, everyone. You're listening to episode five of my podcast, Long Sprints and Long Talks with Connor Pierce. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my attitude towards training, my pursuit of the A standard, give a little backstory on my body transformation, and tell you all about something exciting I'm going to be doing at the end of this week. So taking it back a little bit, during the fall, I trained like a professional, running two to three times per day, seven days a week. My primary objective was to get to the A standard faster. My go-to workout outside of practice was 8 to 12 by 400 at tempo pace in flats. For me, this was between 8 and 90 seconds per rep. It also served as a good race simulator. While doing these workouts, I've been familiarizing myself with when to push hard, when to ease back, and in general, how to run the different stages of the race. Of course, several months have gone by, and I'm now running much faster tempo pace 400s. Last week, I split 68 seconds on all my reps. What's significant about this is that 68 seconds used to be my all-out PR over 400 meters. Back in high school, sprinting as hard as I could only got me 68 seconds. I think it's safe to say that my training has really started to pay off. This portends good things for my season, and I think I'm going to have an effective year of training and racing. Sometimes people ask me why I train so hard, why I push so hard in practice, why I always want to do another rep. And truth is, a lot of this comes from my experience transforming my body back when I was a teenager. As I think I've told you in one of my previous podcast episodes, I had a fantastic personal trainer while I still lived in Seattle. We first met during the summer of 2013, a few months after my zeal towards weight training and transforming my body had taken hold. My dad was someone who saw my potential to take this passion somewhere to transform my body and possibly change my life in the process. Now, no one could have foreseen how far I would take this fitness transformation when I first strolled into the Washington Athletic Club to meet my personal trainer, Will Watley, for the first time. But as Will has told me himself, when we got down to training, 
I possessed a drive to improve greater than almost any client he had ever met. But for my part, this wasn't even about impressing Will. I was doing this for myself. I was pushing hard for myself. I've said it before, but I've always known that my life is my own and that I need to be the one to take charge of it. I knew that even back then. Now, Will definitely believed in me. He believed in me more than most anyone I've ever known. But I knew for my part that if I didn't believe in myself, I wouldn't be able to transform my body. At the end of the day, it was on me to make the changes that that I desired. Will could definitely support me on this journey. He could even walk my path with me. But I knew deep down, even back then as a 13-year-old kid, that he wouldn't be able to do it for me. It was up to me to do it. There's this quote I saw. I don't remember exactly who said it, but it goes something like, you can't hire someone to do your push-ups for you. And I think this really speaks to the theme I'm getting at, this theme of self-reliance, of taking my life in my own hands. And that was something I knew to do even back then. I've taken a very self-driven approach to transforming my body and changing my life. No matter how hard it would become, I vowed never to give up. I realized there was no room for excuses, self-pity, or fear. The pain of what had to be done could never match the pain I felt from the way I was living. If people thought I was out of place or had negative thoughts or feelings about me, then that would be their problem. I had to push myself out of my comfort zone for my own good. Now, I trained with Will for five plus years. That was kind of how this journey started in earnest. He really cared about me. I thought of him as my best friend. We had a fantastic one-on-one training relationship. He used to introduce me to all his grown-up buddies in the gym who were lifting way more than I ever could, saying, look at this guy. Look at this young teenager who's pushing himself, applying himself, challenging himself to be the best. It was a really valuable experience for me. It, it, it developed my social circle in a positive way and gave me a huge confidence boost as well. I had several people who noticed my efforts in the gym approach me and mention to me how tough I seemed to be so young and working so hard. At the end of the day, my relationship with my personal trainer changed my life. Will has since left the training industry, but every once in a while, when I do a heavy deadlift or a max bench press, I'll send him a picture and I'll say something to the effect of, thanks for helping me do this. I've always appreciated everything that Will has done for me. And it's something that I really value to this day. And so now to transition a bit, I'm looking ahead towards the A standard no holds barred. At the end of next week, I'll be headed to training camp in Tucson, Arizona to run around the University of Arizona's track with the UBC track team for nine days. I went to the same training camp last year. It's a road I've walked before. Now, my main objective for this year is to hit the A standard by the end of the season, but bare minimum, I would like to try to do everything that I can to break 60 seconds in the 400 meter dash. That's my bare minimum, you must achieve this kind of goal, if you guys know what I'm talking about. 
I've been talking to my training partners, Sam and Nate, about how we might make a sub-60 second 400 meter dash happen for me if I don't do it in the regular season. We made a little agreement that if I don't run under 60 seconds for the regular season, we're going to do something a little bit special. Many of you have probably seen what Elliot Kipchoge did, breaking two hours for the marathon. It's a road he'd walked for many years. He made two attempts at it, and he had a team of carefully orchestrated pacers helping him to achieve the goal. This Kipchoge-esque approach is something that we may take to help me break 60 if I don't break it in the regular season. Sam and Nate have both run 48 seconds for 400 meters in the past, so it shouldn't be difficult at all for them to run a 400 and under 60. Therefore, we think the best thing to do is for them to pace me through 400 meters in under 60 seconds in the event I don't achieve it in the next few months. So yeah, I mean, the plan is for them to rabbit me through 400 meters in less than 60 seconds. Now, of course, I'm really hoping I'm able to break 60 seconds on my own merit in a race this year. But having said that, it wouldn't be the first time Sam and Nate did something like this. So Sam and Nate related a story to me a few days ago after we were done training. They said that a couple of years ago, there was an athlete on the team, a 400 meter runner named Phil. Phil was trying to punch his ticket to the NAIA Collegiate Track and Field Championships in Gulf Shores, Alabama, with an eye towards a final spot on the UBC 4x400m relay team. The 4x400m relay is a pretty special event. It conjures images of men and women going off to battle to fight for their nation, and in the same way, representing their schools. The only problem was Phil hadn't broken 50 seconds for the 400 meter dash yet. He was determined to change that though. So under the watchful eyes of UBC's head track coach, Phil got into the blocks for an attempt at a sub 50 second 400 meter dash. He had to run under 50 seconds to make the team right there at the UBC track. This was serious business. If Phil broke 50 seconds, he would make the 4x400 relay team. If not, he wouldn't be able to continue his season to the national level. So as Sam and Nate told me, the whole thing was pretty intense. Phil warmed up and he got into the blocks. When the track coach shouted, go, Phil took off running. Nate stood waiting at the 200 meter mark to help him get through 400 meters in under 50 seconds. Hopefully that is. Sam and Nate were telling me how Nate jumped in at 200 meters and started running in front of Phil, shouting at him to go faster to make sub-50 happen. Ultimately, Phil came through in 49.7 seconds. Apart from the general intrigue I had with this story, it also gave me confidence in my training partners and their ability to help me accomplish this goal if it becomes necessary. But for my part, I'm going all in to try and make sub-60 happen during the regular season. And I think Arizona will be a good way for me to gauge where I'm at with respect to my fitness, my strength, and my speed. I've been to this training camp before, and that's a story I'd like to tell now. It involves my coach, Andrew Cook, who's not here anymore. During January of 2019, I was invited to attend UBC's track and field training camp 
slated to train in Tucson, Arizona in February of that same year. This was an exciting opportunity for me. With my hamstring injury in my rearview mirror, I'd be given a chance to run with my friends again, increase my training volume, and place myself on stronger footing for when the outdoor season rolled around. I'd missed the indoor meets because of my hamstring, but I was running towards the opportunities that lie ahead of me, not looking back. I was going to have the opportunity to experience an immersive track and field training camp unlike anything I had experienced before. I was determined to extract every ounce of training benefit from this trip with the hope of building rapport with my friends along the way. Now, there was a social element to this training camp environment too. I got to share my story of living and growing up with cerebral palsy to my teammates. There's one night I can remember when we were sitting around a dinner table at this Greek restaurant and we were just making conversation, banter, bitsing about training, all that kind of stuff, you know, the usual stuff. And there was a moment when one of my teammates turned to me and asked me why I decided to come to UBC. I knew they were expecting an interesting answer out of me, given my personal history and my life experience. So I explained to them why I came to UBC. I gave several reasons. The kinesiology program appealed to me. I liked the campus environment and the track program, of course was supportive of me. Then I started to tell them a little bit more of my personal story, that I'd come to UBC with the intention of realizing my Paralympic ambitions. I told them about how the head track coach had always wanted to see someone make a U.S. team. I spoke about the foothold he's had in Paralympic sport for many years, coaching Team Canada, and even leading the Canadian team to the 2012 Paralympic Games in London. He was the real deal. When my coach brought me onto UBC's track team, it only seemed a logical extension of his desire to level the playing field for those of us for whom elite sports would otherwise be off limits. And I was right there with them. So while at training camp last year, many training days passed, and it was one of our final evenings in Arizona. This is a special training memory. Standing at the 100-meter starting line with my figure engulfed in a twilight shadow, I stared off into the Arizona sunset, dipped my torso, and braced my body to run. Andrew gave the word, and in one swift motion, I sprang off the line. I felt a surge of strength rush through my body, as though lightning had shot from the rubberized carpet underneath my feet, through my training spikes, up through my head and neck, and out through my face and head. In an instant, I was off and running. In that final rep of a long training day, bless my soul, it was a long training day, I felt strong, unstoppable, and weightless. In that moment, sprinting towards the finish line, I dug my deepest. With my chest undulating and my limbs oscillating rhythmically, I blazed towards the finish line as my teammates cheered for my performance. I stared towards the finish line with fire in my eyes, I saw the white lane number ahead in my periphery. With each passing step, each meter felt longer and longer, each foot strike becoming heavier, each swing of my leg becoming harder. With some grit, I made it. The pink skyline lit up my silhouette. As I ran past that white line number and the rep ended, I knew I was strong and capable. And on that magenta evening in Tucson, Arizona, it seemed that everyone else knew that too. 
This experience has had a lasting impact on my view of my own capabilities and my physical potential. It is one of the biggest reasons why I'm really looking forward to having this experience a second time. There's something unique about the training camp environment. Well, it certainly isn't a vacation, as many people like to think, but there's a certain meditative quality in leaving the university environment behind for just over a week to spend time focused on pushing our limits in training. I love those days. I just get to funnel my mental and physical energy into working towards the national team A standard. Sure, I'll have some work to take with me. That will always be a given. Let's face it, I'm a busy guy, and so much of my positivity comes from being in a constant state of working towards my goals, always looking towards the next thing in all approaches I've taken to life. This state of perpetual busyness is one that has made me feel the most fulfilled and ultimately the happiest in my life. But more to the point, having the opportunity to immerse myself in a lifestyle only available to a select group of very elite athletes is a very special experience. I mean, all you have to do is look at social media to see that training camps are a rare and special experience for everybody. Even the most elite runners only get to do a handful of these things per year. So I'm going to relish in the experience and get everything I can out of the training environment it presents to me. And why wouldn't I? These past couple of years, my life has been on a continuous upward trend. I've been getting more and more successful with each passing day, week, month, and ultimately year. I'm really proud of myself for everything I've been able to accomplish since getting to UBC. And the truth is, some of my most fulfilling relationships I've ever had have been with my training partners, especially my 400 meter training partners, Sam and Nate. These two guys have really valued me as an individual and as an athlete. They supported me in the pursuit of my goals, particularly by pursuit of the Paralympic A standard. I spent a lot of time hanging out with these guys last year at training camp, laughing with them, having fun with them, and getting to know them. It was definitely a very special experience for me, and that's what I'm looking forward to trying to emulate as I head to training camp for the second time. This whole experience has really given me a new perspective on my ability and my disability while we're at it. The truth is there are a lot of people who will say that their CP is a blessing, a benefit, something of that nature, as opposed to something negative that could get them down. And I don't deny that on some level I feel that way. But the reality is that my success that I've obtained over the past couple of years has extended beyond my need to prove my worth by overcoming my CP. I mean, at the end of the day, the truth is I'm going to run whether I have CP or not. And whether I have CP, I still have running to do. I still have exercise to do. I still have to do everything I can to keep myself healthy and keep striving towards my goals. And so the truth is, I don't really think about having CP that much. I've definitely embraced it. It's a part of who I am. It's a big part of my story. But 
the fact is, I'm so confident in myself that I don't think about it that much at all. I think that's something that's helped me be really successful and effective. I don't really focus on having CP, being disabled, all these sorts of passive states, passive mindsets that could keep me landlocked and keep me from being productive. I focus on taking each day one step at a time, completing each task as I need to, pushing on to the next thing, setting new goals. These are things that will ultimately give me an excitement for a distraction through and an ability to push through any sorts of reservations, guilt, pains, or losses I might be having. I think this is something that's made me very happy and successful in life. I mean, the truth is, no matter what I face going forward, I'm really proud of the things I've been able to do, and I don't have a lot of insecurity at this point. I mean, I've broken national records. I've represented the U.S. on the international Paralympic stage. I've transformed my body. I've spoken in front of over 500 people, and I'm doing this podcast here with you now. I'm really proud of the things I've been able to accomplish. And so I think that confidence will help me be effective as I look forward. I think that the more I push on and the more I invest myself into the future, the less I'll have to worry about the things I can't control, my past, my losses, anything like that even some of the pain that's come out of having CP. And there has been a bit of that, not much, but a little. I'm able to let go of that more than anything. The truth is, people ask me all the time, why do you train two or three times a day? Why are you pushing so hard? Why are you doing this to yourself? The truth is, it's something that keeps me positive. It keeps me motivated. It keeps me moving forward. I don't want to forfeit all of the hard work I've put into transforming my body and my life over the past seven years. That would just be foolish. And if someone can give me a good reason why I would want to abandon all the hard work I've put into transforming my body and my life and getting myself involved in this sport, then I don't know. Tell me that story in the Instagram comments or something. I don't, I don't even really know what I would say to that. Um, but I've been feeling really confident in myself. I mean, I'm just really focused and intent on achieving the goals I've set for myself. When I ran at Jerome last weekend, I ran times unlike any I could have expected when I was growing up. Back in 2013, when I first started training and when I was first running, I got fatigued very easily because of the spasticity of my muscles and for a general lack of fitness, I would say. But I had this special strategy I used to keep myself moving even when I wanted to stop running. There was this city block that I ran around and half of it was downhill and half of it was uphill. That was where I started my running journey, pounding the pavement around a city block by my house. And so on the uphill portion, the daunting hill I had to run up, 
there were many points on that hill where I would get tired of running and need to stop. But in those moments when I had to stop, I would just tell myself, let's just see if we can get to that plant that's 50 meters ahead of us. Let's just see if we can get to that little tree that's sticking up out of the ground. And that kind of incremental commitment has really helped me be effective in transforming my body and my life. I mean, something else I did was in training over the weekend on Saturday, I completed 15 strict pull-ups. Now, I've done more than 15 pull-ups in the past, but these weren't those same kind of pull-ups. I was doing 15 strict pull-ups, two seconds up, two seconds hold, two seconds down. I had my legs straight out towards the ground. There was no kipping. There was no cheating. Nothing like that. I just performed the movement the way that I was supposed to. No questions asked. This is a really big accomplishment for me because I started from a very low baseline when I first started doing pull-ups. And so when I first started doing pull-ups, when I was working with my personal trainer, I couldn't even do one single rep. I remember that I sort of did this partial hap-kip-rep thing where I jumped off the ground and tried to get my body over up and over the bar. But even then, I could only do one rep at a time. This wasn't going to be easy. So again, I utilized this principle of incremental commitment. I bought a set of resistance bands, which I hung underneath my pull-up bar. I had... There were three levels of resistance to the bands. And so basically when you're doing assisted pull-ups, the greater the resistance, the more assistance you get when you're trying to do a rep on the way up. And so I started out with the red band. This provided the heaviest resistance. The tubing was the thickest out of all of them. This was definitely the starting stage for me. And so I used that until I was able to do about eight pull-ups and it worked really well. Then I moved to the blue band. Things were getting easier. I was getting stronger. I was meeting with my personal trainer on a regular basis. Things were moving in the right direction. And then once I was able to do a pretty good number of reps with that level of resistance or assistance, I moved it down to the green band. By this point, I was getting much stronger. The movement was feeling easier and I was able to generally do a lot more work in the weight room than I was before. And so by the end of this whole thing, well, you guys know what happened. I did 15 strict pull-ups the other day, very easily and with no problem. My teammates are so impressed with what I've been able to do. They've been calling me the pull-up champion. I'm able to do more pull-ups as far as I know than anyone else on the UBC track team. And that's come from that commitment to getting up every day to do these pull-ups, from rising early before school when no one else wanted to. It was something that really helped me make my transformation successful. Another way that I've used incremental commitment in my personal training experience is to increase my bench press weight I remember that when I was first 13 and first training, I went to sports authority with my dad and we got a weight bench 
and a barbell with some weight plates. Now, the bar was only 10 pounds, and in the beginning, I could only lift the bar. But pretty soon after that, I was able to start adding weight to it, and I started out with 30 pounds, and I can only lift 30 pounds for quite some time. But when I started training with Will, of course, things really started to take off for me. I was able to do more weight and really push my limits in the bench press. In a couple of years' time, I was up to lifting 45 pounds. And then after that, things really took off for me. I started adding more and more weight, familiarizing myself with the movement, getting better and better at it, improving one step at a time. And things have really gotten better for me. Not only did I bench press 145 pounds a few weeks ago, but the other day, I just put up 135 pounds for a bunch of sets. I was My neural system was a little fatigued, so in the beginning, I was only able to do one rep. But I did about six sets of, of two reps with that weight, with one plate on each side. And so that just tells me that in these max strength workouts that we've been doing, I've been getting much, much stronger. I've really accomplished everything I've set out to accomplish, but I'm not finished yet. I've reached a point where I'm happy with myself, with the person I've become, where I'm the man I've always wanted to be. I feel strong, determined, confident, able, and going after the goals that are important to my success and my development. I wouldn't have it any other way. But at the same time, I'm always moving towards goals that I've set for myself in the future. A standard is one of those. Lifting heavier weights is one of those. Running faster times on the track, which is also relates to A standard, is one of those. Getting more flexible, doing everything I can to live each day with passion. I'm also pursuing a certification for personal training. I think I will be seeking a job as a personal trainer sometime in the next few months. It's really important to me to give back to my community through fitness and sport because fitness has changed my life. And I think this avenue of helping people through being a personal trainer and going down that path for myself will be a really effective way of giving back to the community that's given me so much. Because as someone who had to start from a relatively low baseline when it came to my fitness, I can identify with a lot of the struggles that some of my potential clients might have. I've been looking at a few different options for the certification to pursue. I've been looking at NASM, NCCA, a bunch of other ones too. So I think that in the next few months, I'll become a certified personal trainer. And hopefully as I go on and as I learn more about kinesiology, which is the program I'm in at UBC, that will really supplement what I'm able to do and what I'm able to give people. Giving back is so important to me. And since I've accomplished everything I've wanted to accomplish, I think 
the giving back to the community that's given me so much is the next logical step. Thanks for listening. For the next episode, I'll be in Arizona, so you might hear some other voices on this podcast. I'm going to try and get my training partners, Sam and Nate, to lend their voices to an episode if they're interested. Either way, I'll be making an episode while I'm down there. So I will be talking to you guys again when I'm in Arizona, when I'm in the middle of this training camp that I've talked so much about. And I can't wait to tell you guys all about the wonderful experience I have training with the UBC team in Arizona. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right. Now I just got a little Judas Priest to play us out. Take it away.